What is up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley with the Sales and Marketing Bill Freedom Show. I have a very, very special guest on today. I have Mark Metry. Mark is a best-selling author, a TED speaker, TED Talk speaker, and has done some absolutely amazing things in a short period of time. And I'm doing something that I don't normally do. Actually, we had so much knowledge, goodness, nuggets, bombs dropped that had to break this into two episodes because we were on a roll and we kept going. And one of the things that he tackles is entrepreneur anxiety and how to handle that, how to overcome that, and just give some really great insight. So for episode one, I want you to uh, take a look at it, write some notes down. He gives some really measurable outcomes on how to handle it, how to deal with it, and just the biology underneath it. So if you're suffering from this, which I have in the past, it could be a great help to you uh, and your life. So really excited to share this knowledge with you because of the impact I think it could have. So hope you are doing well and check it out on this episode. What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Sales and Marketing Build Freedom Show. I have a very, very special guest on with me today. I have Mark Metry. Mark is a multiple author, wrote the book Screw Being Shy, has one of the world's best podcasts out there with a new one that just got recently relaunched, did a TED Talk, and is a specialist on overcoming shyness and anxiety. And so really, really excited to have you on the show today, man. Happy to have you here. Welcome. Dude, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have seen you grow, and thank you for giving me the space. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I I appreciate you, man. And um, so... I want to hear. I want first of all, like you have such an impressive backstory. Uh, I know you're a younger, younger dude, way younger than me, but you're you're wiser than me in some areas. So I love to give you credit for that, man. And um, just share your journey with with everybody on the show for you, the listener, because like I think you have a really unique journey. It's it's not very typical. Um, you've done some really amazing things, and you're you're trying to make a big impact on the world. And I, you know, I think why I wanted to have you on the show today is, A, I find you an interesting person. I love talking to interesting people, so that's one. But two is like, you know, I've been a type A, hard-charging personality, right, in the world of sales, then in sales leadership as vice president, and now as a founder, an anxiety always creeps up. So um, I want to you to give your backstory, and then we'll get into that a little bit later because I've talked to leaders, I've talked to other people, and I know I am not the only one that that, that kind of surfaces through sometimes. So, Yeah, definitely, man. And it's interesting because I, I faced anxiety my entire life, but I had no idea. And, um, and there's like this analogy, I think David Foster Wallace, he has it, and he's basically like, you know, imagine there's two goldfish in a, in a swimming pool, and one goldfish says to the other, hey, how's the temperature of the water? And the other goldfish is like, wait, what's water? And so in this analogy, like water is this invisible substance that the fish are surrounded in 24-7. And yet one of the fish has no idea. And yet let's say if the fish wants to leave that fishbowl or it wants to get out of water, the water restricts its freedom 
knowingly or unknowingly. Um, and so, yeah, man. So for me and my kind of story, you know, my parents, they came to this country from, uh, from Egypt. Uh, I was born in like Boston up on the East Coast. I, you know, had a very, very early kind of beginning childhood immigrant lifestyle. My parents were always working. We were like poor at first. Uh, there was this time where we moved around so many places. And for me, I ended up living in sort of like this small town where I basically started to experience uh, like bullying and discrimination and different forms of abuse for the first time in my life. And so when that happened to me when I was around like 9, 10, 11 years old, unknowingly at the time, it kind of just like made me sort of like enter in my shell. And as a result, like I became the super shy, quiet kid. Um, I just thought I was an introvert, but it turns out really what was happening like at my brain, at my nervous system level was social anxiety. And so next thing I know, I'm like 18 years old and uh, prior to being 18, as a result, uh, this was the time where like the internet, social media, YouTube, all these things were becoming a thing. And so I just like invested heavily in there. And so I was starting YouTube channels in like 2009. I was starting all sorts of different online businesses and marketing. And uh, a few of my projects, a few of my businesses became pretty successful. Um, and so I definitely lived like a great life on paper for sure. But next thing I knew I was 18, and all of a sudden, it felt like everything just got worse. Like, it felt like all of a sudden, I started to face a lot more stress. Uh, I started to sort of face, like, social isolation, like a more severe form of social anxiety. Mm. I started to get depressed. Next thing I knew, I was just kind of coping with my feelings and emotions, usually mostly with food and, like, alcohol. So, like, I gained a tremendous amount of weight in a short period. I was, like, obese. And, um, and yeah, man, I mean, it was really bad. There was a time where I was even like suicidal. I couldn't go to sleep at night and this was about in 2015. And so when that happened, that was sort of like a real slap in the face, wake up call and be like, like, wait, I have, I have everything that I want in life on paper, but yet like there's something wrong with my brain. There's something wrong with my mind because I can't even be myself in front of other people. I can't even like go through a single day without like needing to escape or just paralyze myself and not do anything because of anxiety or depression. And so ever since then, I've been on like this crazy journey of just like day by day, week by week, month by month, trying to figure it out. And like through that process, I started uh, like a different business. I ended up starting my podcast, Humans 2.0, which enabled me to like get in contact with all sorts of like successful entrepreneurs, billionaires, but then also like neuroscientists, doctors, um, all sorts of people and really just starting to learn more about mental health and just how it sort of comes in my life. And yeah, like I told you before in the clubhouse, like I do what I do because I feel like I was told to do everything by society correctly. Like I was told to go to school, get good grades um, you know, be nice to people, go to church, do all these different things, work hard. But yet I still had like very severe anxiety that almost made me kill myself. And so that was the time where I was like, man, I really got to sort of like take a step deeper here and really figure this stuff out. And so ever since then, and, and like over since the last couple years, I've really just kind of pivoted my entire career towards this. Um, like last year, 2020, the day COVID shut down is the day my book launched, Screw Being Shy. 
and really just trying to help as many people as I can with social anxiety, shyness, mental health, obesity, suicide, a lot of different issues that I faced. Dude, so much to unpack there and appreciate you being candid about, candid about your story in, in your journey because, you know, obviously the, well, let me take a step back. So what, let me ask you this, and I would never, ever, ever think of asking this question, but I was literally listening to Mixergy this morning with Andrew Warner. Have you ever listened to that show? At no. All or no? no. He interviews entrepreneurs. He goes super deep, super deep. And so mm. one of the questions, because he was interviewing someone that, that said the same thing, like, I got so depressed, like, I was thinking about suicide. And, and one of the things he asked him was like, hey, you know, why did you decide not to do it? You know, what was the thing that stopped you? So can you, will you be willing to share that with us, man? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think, I think I would say a couple of things. Um, so one, I think a lot of the times, like I, you know, I don't know about anyone else's experience of being suicidal, so I can only speak on my own, but like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, for anyone who hasn't been suicidal, it's not like you're just like walking around and you're like, Hey, I should kill myself. Like, it's not very logical. It's sort of like <laughs> this very like distorted, almost like this like algorithm that like hijacks your mind and hijacks who you are and like gets you to believe in certain things and like pushes your nerves in certain ways. Um, and so I think for me, like one of the, one of the biggest things as to why I, I didn't do it was um, so like one of the ways like that I was suicidal is um, so at the time in 2015, I was living in Boston. I was living in a pretty good area, but I remember sort of like a, a neighborhood next to me. It was like a very bad area. And this is a time like where I was in college. And so I remember like our campus police would always tell us like, Hey, don't go on this street. There's been like a mugging. There's been a shooting. There was all oh, sorts geez. of like gang violence. Yeah. What's, and what so was it? By the way, if you um, I went to WIT. It's right by um, it's right by like Northeastern and and BCBU okay. in Boston. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of like in that college area. Um, and so I remember being like, you know what? Um, I'm just gonna start going for walks in that area, in that bad area at like 2 a.m. and just like pray to God that someone walks up to me and tries to kill me because I just like am in so much pain. I just don't know what to do. And a lot of times that's what it is. Like you just, you have no more options. Like you don't know what to do. And so I think for me, what really helped was like actually going for those walks. Of course, like it, looking back, it was very, very dangerous, but it, it, I think it was good for a few reasons. Number one, um, on one of my walks when I was walking, I remember like I wasn't looking at my phone. I wasn't listening to any music. There were no cars in the street. There was nobody walking by. And I remember as I was walking, all of a sudden, it's almost like I heard a sense of silence. And I was sort of like walking. I was looking down. And then all of a sudden, I kind of hear this eerie sense of silence where it's almost like it's almost like if you're watching TV, somebody hits like the mute button. And I remember when I felt that. I remember looking up and just kind of like looking around and kind of being confused. And I remember looking around and it was just completely silent. And I remember all of a sudden like almost hearing my my mind think and like telling me like, I don't remember exactly, but telling me sort of along the lines of like, you're a loser, you know, you don't deserve to be alive, Um, like you're not worth anything, you have no value. And I remember that happened during that silent moment. And so I remember when that happened, it confused me. And I was like, I didn't really, like, those aren't my thoughts. Like, I didn't really think that. Like, that's not me. Like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? 
And so when I had like that very, very small moment of clarity, that very small moment of awareness, it was almost kind of like I like snapped out of my trance and I was like, oh my God, like I've been walking in the streets for three weeks trying to kill myself. Like, wait, what am I doing here? And I remember when I experienced that, I remember just like kind of like running home and looking back, that was the very first time that I realized now that I had any sort of awareness that like I am not my thoughts. And mm. I started to go home and I started to like do research and then I started to realize that like, oh, the average human being has 60 to 65,000 thoughts a day. Some of these thoughts are conscious, some of these thoughts are unconscious, and 85% of your thoughts are identical from yesterday. And then I started to look into it and it's like, oh, well, did you know that most of your thoughts are not actually based off like new information or like you living your life now. It's mostly based off like your memory, your past experiences when you were a kid, your fears, any like very important life events that shook your nervous system. And so when I started to realize that, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think I've been like almost like bamboozled here. Like my mind has like got me trapped. And, and like all of a sudden I started to like learn, I started to study, I started to understand a little bit more of like the science. I kind of went from like just sort of living my life and then whatever my brain, whatever my mind would tell me, I would just sort of believe, I would never question. And looking back, that was a huge piece to anxiety that sort of like started to get the steps rolling, that started to get me interested. And so I think that was probably one of the biggest ones of like experiencing that moment of clarity and then also never experiencing that or anything similar to that in my entire life before which kind of shook my ego which kind of made me be like whoa i've never experienced anything like this so maybe there are things out there in life that i have never experienced before that could help me because a lot of the times like when you're in that moment when you're suicidal your ego is so strong that it mm -hmm. thinks it knows all the answers. That it thinks it knows that there is po there is nothing that you could possibly do that could help you. It thinks that there's no hope. Uh, everything is a scam. Nothing is going to work for you. There's something broken with you. And so I started to reverse that a bit too, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> and I was I was grabbing my book. I'm like, I gotta take. I gotta start taking some notes and some of this so I remember. Because like, as you're going through, I don't want to disrupt your flow. Uh, that's when that's where you hear the background noise. From. I don't want to interrupt your flow, and I'm like, oh, I gotta ask him about this. I'm like, oh, I gotta ask him about this. So, um, so something that that I love. It's just crazy though. It, like your point of your mind being most negative is when you you kind of snapped out of it, right? And it's so interesting because I just was doing some deep work on influence and persuasion, and mm -hmm. so I was reading Robert Cialdini's book on psychology. Have you read that book before? No, I haven't. So one of the things that that is just mind blowing about that is like how many shortcuts people take uh, to make decisions. And it talks about mm. turkeys and how they could lay 17 eggs and they have what's called a clutch, right? 17 eggs is a clutch. And the primary thing that 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 communicates to that mother that they need to take care of those eggs are is, is two words. It's cheap, cheap. Right. It's, it's the it's the bird saying mm. cheap, cheap. Now, if they don't, there's been I, I think there's even been instances where they've abandoned them. Right. And they're they're The turkeys are completely like they, they can't function on their own for the first month. Uh -huh. Right. And they even did an experiment and put like 
one of their mortal enemies, like a stuffed animal, but put that noise in and the turkey started taking care of that, right? <laughs> so so that's like how hardwired it is in the humans and animals. And, and so like basically I went a little deeper. I'm like, okay, how much of your mind is conscious versus subconscious, right? And they said 90% of of what you think is based on your subconscious and 10 is on your conscious mind, right? So that goes along with what you're talking about. Mm. The other thing I saw, Mark, that was just mind blowing. It said 95% of how you feel is based on what you say to yourself. (laughs) 95%, man. Under the surface too. Yeah, dude. And so if you, if you unpack that, right, 90% of it is like on autopilot, you know, from stuff that's happened, like what you're talking about. You're replaying something that happened when you got bullied when you were nine and ten. And by the way, I got I got kind of picked on when I was nine or ten. I wasn't I wasn't an immigrant, but I was a husky kid, right? I had the husky pants, the the you know the, the um, husky pants, right? But anyways, um, so I, I get you, I feel you there, man. I feel you. But but anyway, so if you if you stack those yeah. two, so ninety percent is like what we don't even consciously think, and ninety five percent of what you say to yourself is how you feel that truly, truly gives me insight in terms of like what you're experiencing. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, to take it even a step further in terms of what you said about shortcuts. So like, like everyone who's listening to this right now, if you pull out your phone and if you Google, uh, cognitive bias codex, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Oh no! but you'll see this, you'll see this huge graph. Okay. And it's basically like, uh, different neuroscientists, researchers have basically like created this graph of essentially like how the human brain operates. And wow. quite simply, it works through shortcuts. So like the same way that like if you're on your computer and like instead of highlighting something and then right clicking it and then hitting copy and then going to a different document and then right clicking it and then hitting paste, you can just hit control C, control V. Your brain does that, but literally for every single problem in your entire life. Um, and so, yeah, I highly recommend people to look into this. And what you'll realize is that our brain has all of these different effects and illusions that help create our reality. Uh, so one of them, for example, that I can say is called the spotlight effect. So, for mm. example, like people, everybody has this, but people with sp- social anxiety have it a lot more. But basically what it means is that you're walking around and then you feel like everybody's looking at you. Um, and so this everyone has it to some degree. But people with social anxiety, they sort of have this neural network in their head reinforced. So that next thing you know, they're 45 years old and they're at a grocery store and they're checking out and then their brain is telling them, oh, everybody's looking at you. Everybody's about to judge you, which then which then starts to trigger this anxiety. And you may not even know or you may not even realize that your brain is doing that differently. And so it's very complicated, but there's all these sorts of biases and illusions that we don't even think about that are literally ingrained into like the fabric of how our brain even works at a subconscious level. And so it's very, very important. And so I'm glad that you said that about shortcuts because a lot of the times like we think that like we're so unique, like we think that like, you know, oh, we can do whatever we want and we can create our own thoughts and emotions and you can, but a lot of the times too, it has to do with like your brain. And and I think one of the most important things that I've personally realized um, that's given me the best results personally is that um, I I couldn't use my mind at first. And so like Mm. what I mean is like I was reading all these articles um, like for me of like, oh, how do you be more confident? How do you stop social anxiety, right? And a lot of the times it would all be through things of like, you know, 
speak up more or try to find a friend or a lot of advice that just sort of revolves around your thoughts and your mind. But what I found personally and and what I've also found true is that anybody who's experienced like any sort of anxiety, depression for a long period of their life, what I found to be the best advice is that if you work on your brain, if you fix your brain, then your mind will follow. I think a lot of the times people put a lot of emphasis on the mind. But the thing is, is that if your mind, um, you know, is fine, but there's an issue with your brain, your mindset is literally housed in the physical organ that is your brain. A lot of the times, man, if you live in 2021, we are living in environments, we're living in situations that are biologically speaking, not good for our brain. And so if you have an issue with your brain, it's going to be a lot harder for you to change your mind. And like a good analogy that I try to break this down to people is like your iPhone, right? So imagine, you know, Apple releases like the best version of iOS, like iOS 15 or whatever they're on now. And imagine trying to install that software on like the original, like outdated, like original iPhone, like 3GS, like it's old, it's clunky, no matter how many times like you try to hit that update software, the phone is still going to be slow, the phone still isn't going to work well. And it's because there's an issue with the hardware, not the software. And so I think that for me has been one of the, the biggest things by far, that's been able to help me. And then also from what I've learned from Um, like different doctors, neuroscientists, there's a lot of things that you can do to start working on your brain that will like physically improve the organ, which will then help your mind grow and give you much more long-term sustainable results, if that makes sense. And I can go more into that, but that's a very important note. Totally makes sense. I love that, man. Like I geeked out. So I was a big, and we've talked about him before, but Tom Bilyeu, um, yeah, I, I, like, I like Tom and he, he goes deep in that and he talked about, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. So one of them, <laughs> um, one of them, one of the books was called uh, brain rolls actually. And, and have you ever read hmm. that? Um, maybe it sounds very familiar. Who's it? So basically it goes along with what you're saying and talking about the hardware. And I think there's like 17 or 18 different basically situations. And what happens is it tells you how your brain reacts in those different situations, almost like mechanically, right? Like when you're mm. stressed, like because this happens in your brain, you don't have the ability to make decisions as clearly as you normally would. You mm. don't have the ability to um, be as creative, but it, it like breaks it down. So like you really get it and it goes through all those different situations and what happens to your brain, like after exercise, mm. like after this, with like dopamine, serotonin, um, oxycontin. Those are huge. Yeah, yeah. So. So, um, oxytocin, not oxycotton. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, going off the rails there. So hello, and I appreciate you listening to the show today. I love my listeners and I love helping my customers. One of the things that I've been able to do with some of the customers that I've been working with is for example, $6 million SaaS company, help them implement a seven figure sales system in which they got a one and a half month ROI on the entire engagement fee that I offered them by one person spending 25% of their time. And this person wasn't even in sales. So these are core principles that help me scale from zero to $30 million in annual recurring revenue with only four people. In addition, another client that I'm working with was able to 10x their licensing fee, their SaaS licensing fee, and they are really, really just on the early side of starting. So if you're interested in learning more, apply through www. 
dot scale revenue dot io forward slash apply www dot scale revenue dot io forward slash apply look forward to seeing your application if you are interested in qualify you'll receive a follow-up note and we can jump on the phone and identify what the opportunity is exactly for you and your organization <laughs> so want to go a little bit deeper on that man so in just yeah. as a, a frame of reference like so everybody understands this because i think we, you kind of glossed over this when you're talking about your story how many businesses have you had? Because you've done a lot of different things too. Dude, I honestly have lost point. I mean, in terms of successful businesses, maybe maybe like a handful, maybe like five. But I have honestly yeah. lost count out of all the amount of businesses because most of them have failed. For you know, to be candid. But you started at like sixteen, didn't you? I mean, you started doing things, or no, or eighteen. Even before, probably like I was, I was twelve, man. I was like thirteen. Oh. I was twelve, thirteen. Yeah, Dude, it's crazy. You're a freak. <laughs> okay, so so anyways, um. So I, I just wanted that context because like, you know, you've gone through the entrepreneur journey multiple times, multiple times, even even for how young you are. Uh, and so one of the things I, I would love to hear is because like, and I'll, I'll, I mean, this is full disclosure. I, I don't really talk about this at all, but um, if it helps someone, it's worth it. And, and I've mentioned this to you, but there's there's times, man, where I've had massive anxiety, um, you know, like when I first got into sales and in my head, I was, I started off my first job out of school as inside sales, right? So you're just talking to people on the phone and I was like, okay, I got this new job and, and like, like I would go to meet with people and I would remember like almost feeling like I was had like an elephant sitting on my chest, like before I was going to meet with people and like short breaths. And, and it was like, it, now looking in back, it was so stupid, right? Cause it was like, it was just a meeting, you know, it wasn't, the, it, it wasn't the world, but to me at that time, in that moment, it felt like it, it was right. And then even sometimes like as an entrepreneur with my business, I'm pushing so hard and my natural inclination is to keep, keep pushing instead of stopping. And so that just makes it work. I like t- try to talk a truck over it. Right. Which is like, yeah. you know, you got to slow down and speed up sometimes. And so there's been times where I've ran in that same situation and then you take a step back and you're like, dude, what the hell are you doing? It's it's it like, you know what I mean? Um, but enough about me. I want to hear about you and I want to get like into your brain a little bit, dude, about um, just like when you're experiencing anxiety and, and, and like your advice, because you've written a book about it, you've interviewed amazing people, you've gone deep on the neuroscience, which I, I'll, I geek out about too. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so for you, man, like what's your belief structure when you try and overcome that? You know, like what... What do you shift your beliefs on um, yeah. when you're trying to overcome that? Yeah. So first off, I love what you said about like being like a Tonka truck and like just trying to figure it out. And like that's what we all do. And like that's what I did before like my brain literally broke and I was about to die and I had no choice. And I find that's what everybody does. And so a lot of the times like from my understanding, you know, everyone has a different, you know, history you've got different parents different uh, culture upbringing different genetics different brain type there's so many different factors but a lot of the times what happens is a lot of like these main issues that can come back to us as an adult a lot of the times um they start off when we're kids and a lot of times like you're a kid you maybe go through something or a set of experiences and a lot of times like you don't really talk to anybody about it or you do and then you're either sort of dismissed um, by your family or by your friends. 
And then you just sort of like try to figure out how to get through the next day, each and every day, whether it's social anxiety, you're like, hey, I'm just going to like stand in the back of the room and try not to talk to anybody, whether it's like having OCD, like I've heard all like literally thousands of stories at this point from like different entrepreneurs who like literally didn't know they had certain issues. And then they just sort of like wake up every day and just sort of like very like illogically brute force through it tonka truck like just try to slam through it and like yeah that can work for like five years ten years but then all of a sudden what you'll start to notice is that your body or your brain will start to give you signs whether that's you getting like a physical health issue a chronic illness uh, a mental health issue your stomach starts to hurt all, all of a sudden like these the life starts to send you signs and i think for me what i've learned is that you really have to rebuild or at least build your foundation of your brain from the ground up. Because if you don't do that, you're just sort of like going through the motions. You're just sort of like trying to figure it out what to do each day. Some days it's up, some days it's down. Um, and, and the analogy that I sort of think about this is like, it's like if you break your leg. So for mm -hmm. example, if you're a kid and you break your leg, right? Our society has an entire system for it. You go to the doctor, they put you in a cast, they give you crutches, maybe they give you some kind of medicine if it's needed, and they're like, hey, come back in a month, and then you come back in a month, and they give you a, a different cast, and then you maybe don't have to use the crutches anymore, and then you come back the third month, and then they cut you free, and then you're good. The same exact thing works with our brain, but a lot of the times when we experience these issues, Nobody really helps us. There's no system to help us kind of go through a recovery process of our cast. And so what happens is our brain is sort of bleeding. It's sort of hurting. And we go through every day and it's suffering and then anxiety and depression. It's sort of like these side effects. It's sort of like these warnings, right? And so that's, that's like the basic concept of like you have to go in layer by layer and build the foundation of your house, right? Like the same way in terms of like real estate, you wouldn't build some house just like on grass or like on like sand. You want to make sure that it's on solid ground, right? Um, and so in terms of that, in terms of like how you do that, I think that there is like a huge piece of it when it comes to like science and then i think there's a huge piece to it when it comes to like your identity and kind of like faith and kind of like sort of more bigger than yourself kind of like in a spiritual lens um in terms of the science when i talk about this in my book and i talk about the time i was suicidal this the the chapter of the book is called first my gut broke and then my brain broke and so basically okay. what I talk about is that one of the biggest things that I've learned about the brain and our body and like a, a, a sort of core message of, of health is realizing that we have this thing called the gut microbiome. Now, I know Tom Bill, he, he's starting to talk about it. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. Yeah, I've heard um, about it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But basically, you know, for those of you who don't know, like we often think that like, oh, we have a consciousness, right? Like we can, we can think whatever we want to. We can make our own decisions. But what we also don't know is that we have multiple layers of consciousness. We have a bacterial layer of consciousness. So basically what that means is that we have trillions of bacteria in this ecosystem in our body called the gut microbiome that's by our, like our intestines and our liver. And basically what happens is every single time that you eat a food, your gut is actually what processes that first and then it sends it off to your body. And what they've shown is that in all sorts of kinds of issues from 
mental health to various liver issues to chronic illnesses, our gut microbiome is highly implicated. And for me, the reason why it's very important and like for me, when I started to focus on this, it gave me the most long lasting results is because going back to what you said about neurotransmitters, they found that specifically serotonin which is this neurotransmitter that does a lot of things in your body and your brain from regulating your mood, from regulating your sleep. And from my lens, understanding social anxiety, uh, this serotonin neurotransmitter, um, actually part of what it does is actually designed to try to figure out where it thinks that you stack up in society's sort of hierarchy of power, of value. I'm being dead serious. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that. Okay, I love that, man. Yeah. So, so keep going. I've never heard of it that it's it's looking at like your status. That's really Yeah, like, it's looking at your status. Job. Yeah, and, and the thing is is that it, it it's going off partial information. So it could be right, it could be entirely wrong. And so a lot of the times, like that's why this is also implicated with your mood and your digestion and then also like your vision. And like they've literally done studies and they've shown that if you're depressed and your serotonin levels are, are lower, you will literally see life in a different way. And like throwback when I was a kid, like now that I've gotten out of that, now I look back, dude, I literally saw the world in a completely different way. Like it's almost like I saw the world in like this like black and white, like horror distortion. It's very hard to try to describe. Um, wow. But for example, like this serotonin neurotransmitter up to like 90% of how it's like processed is in your gut microbiome. And that is largely based off of um, like your moment to moment stresses and then mostly based off like your food, the nutrition that you eat and you put in your body and your brain. And so for me, when I started to focus on that and there's many different layers of that and how people can tackle that, when I started to focus on my gut microbiome, a lot of people say like that's the second brain. That's when I started to get really like long-term results uh, that really started to like help establish my brain. Um, and a lot of the times too, like when it comes to like neurotransmitters. So if you look, like if you Google and you look up um, like neurotransmitter, um, like amino acid profile, what you'll realize is that like, it all looks like these like mini cells, okay? Mm -hmm. And from what I've learned basically like, our brain doesn't like to think. It doesn't like to think new thoughts for the first time. And so what it does, it sort of like creates these, what I call algorithms, and it stores them in the physical infrastructure of our brain. So that could be serotonin, that could be dopamine. And like, just to give people an example, we have a neurotransmitter called GABA, okay? This is basically what helps calm you down, okay? So an analogy that I like to give people is like, if you have any anger problems or if you have a lot of anxiety or stress, there is some dysfunction within like this GABA neurotransmitter due to a wide variety of issues. It could be due to your past experiences, uh, drinking too much alcohol, too much stress. Like there's a lot of, uh, 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 you know, a lot of different factors. But like if you have an issue with the GABA neurotransmitter, you will simply not be calm. And so a lot of the times like you see people who 
are very kind, they're very hardworking, they're very smart people, but then they can't be calm. And so when they can't be calm, then like they have like this whole sort of like emotional dialogue of like, oh my God, like, you know, what's wrong with me? I suck. I guess I'm just like this kind of a person. I guess this is just my personality. When it's like, whoa, wait, wait, no, you need to look at like sort of like the hardware of your brain, like the same way that like if you're having an issue with your laptop and you take it to a computer mechanic, and then he opens it up. He's like, oh, well, there's a there's an issue here with like the RAM or there's an issue here with like the mother chip. So not in every case, but a lot of the times that can be a huge issue that I feel like a lot of the times people don't know or sort of overlooked, which then can sort of force someone to sort of extrapolate into sort of like their own personality, like their own sort of moral, how the way like they view themselves and their value. And like that just causes more shame. That just causes depression. And like that's literally a cycle that keeps people down and down and down. When you just sort of look at it objectively speaking, you're like, wait, I'm a human being. I'm like in like this crazy ecosystem. There's trillions of cells in my body. There's trillions of bacterial cells. You know, there's this whole sort of bigger piece to me, spirituality. And I think a lot of times things are a lot more complicated than we sort of like to sort of imagine than they are in our head. And a lot of the times I think we, we sort of put the energy on the wrong thing and we put the energy on the wrong thing. We don't get results and we just sort of like go in a loop. And like, that's what happened to me for like 10 years of my life when I was stuck in anxiety. And I wish someone could have been like, Hey man, like you're just experiencing like this issue that doesn't necessarily have to do with like who you are in terms of like your personality or your potential. But this is just almost like uh, an experience that you have that you can start to work on step one, step two, step three, and you can start to improve your life, which then will help you improve the quality of your life and then the quality of your experience of like when you open your eyes. And so I know I said a lot there, but like that's a huge piece to it. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.